Welcome to the Contractor Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Phillips. This show exists to help small business owners like you escape the tyranny of contractor prison and enter the bliss of contractor freedom so you can have the time, money, and freedom to live your life with purpose beyond your business. As a certified human behavior consultant in disc personality styles and motivators, I'll be sharing with you skills for life, love, leadership, and business. I'll also be connecting you with experts that can help you scale your business and your life. So if you want to build the business and life of your dreams, then you are in the right place. Let's go. I've got a special treat for you today. I've got with us Tom Drost, CEO of Estimate Rocket. And Tom coaches company leaders in sales and profit planning. And guess what? Software implementation as well. In case you don't know Estimate Rocket, it's an all-in-one business management platform, software for contractors that helps them run their entire business, they say from lead to paid, all on one platform. So let's jump right into it. Tom, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? I'm yeah. doing great, Jason. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Really me as well. It. Quick question. How long has Estimate Rocket been a thing? Sure. Estimate Rocket's been a thing for about seven years. So seven what, years in. you know, yeah. Did you have a software background or a contracting background? What what gave birth? Yeah, so I started in accounting. That was my that's what I went to school for and did that for two years and decided this isn't a lot of fun. But I started using computers in my accounting career. And I said, this is fun. And I got spreadsheets, which at the time were a brand new phenomenon and just really got hooked on it. I went and quit my great high paying full benefits job as an accountant and went to work at a computer store at the time. So that was my, I turned, I found out recently that my father-in-law thought I was absolutely a lunatic for quitting my, this great job I had with benefits and everything, going to a computer store. I was at the computer store for about a year. And then I started helping people do business things with their computers. And I just really got hooked on it. And then that kind of morphed into building applications. And this is actually my second software company. The first one did a whole different area of work, but I will say that the, one of the first things I ever wrote was actually an estimating program for a plumber. And this was back in the day when data was stored on these little things called floppy disks. We're going way, way back. And we complain about now about how things are slow and there things aren't, you can't, not enough capacity. And we're talking days when it wasn't a meg that you were sending for a photo. You were lucky if you could send 30 a You don't know what slow is until you have to deal with so. the old floppy disks. <laughs> Exactly. When I started this company, the company is actually called Logical Engine, and we were doing projects basically for people who needed software. And we got into doing an estimating application actually for concrete lifting companies. And that's how we got it. That was really the start of it. It was super simple, did very little. And as we grew it, we saw the need for a lot more than what we were doing with that application and expanded it to other trades and really just... You've been seven years is quite a long time for software these days and yeah. just being associated with the, the painting industry in particular, what are some positive trends you've seen over the last seven years? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is there's been a real focus on people on on your team members and building making the trades a place where you can actually have a real career and a lot of 
of opportunities. And that has, and maybe part of that is, has been the need because obviously there's a need out there for contractors, but it's been a really positive trend because I see companies in, in the contracting area now talking about things like culture. And I don't think they talked much about that 10 years ago or five years ago, even it, it really is a new phenomenon. And it's actually influenced my company too, because I came up old school and Hey, you want, you got to work, you do your job. Okay. If you like it, that's a bonus, but that's how it is. And that's not how it is anymore. People really do want to have a sense of belonging and they want to have a sense of purpose of where they're going and what the possibilities are. And I see that as an absolutely great trend. I hope it's enough to keep the trades growing the way I they think do. That's a great insight. If you think about this, if you've got someone who loves the company they work for and the people they work with, and they're using their skills for something they feel is worthwhile, they're going to be way more productive. Paying attention to culture. Way more productive. Not just to have a, a soft, fun, hey, let's have some sleeping pods and vending free vending machines or whatever all around. <laughs> but it, it's win for everybody. And, and I like yeah. to say, look, we're it not really, really in the painting business or the contracting business. We're all in the people business. Tom, what on the right. flip side of that coin... What are some some negative trends that you've seen over the last seven years? I think things were really pretty positive, I'll say, until COVID hit. And I think COVID really took a lot of steam out of a lot of people in a lot of different areas. In a lot of respects, I think contractors got to keep going a little more than other companies did. We were lucky because we were considered essential, required people and could still do our work. Yeah, essential uh, workers. And the fact is that most of our company is remote. I have Florida. South Carolina, Utah, Arkansas, and St. Louis right now is our area where our people are located. And we meet a lot, just like we're meeting now. We're video pictures of well, each that, other. Gosh, that's, that's wonderful. So you don't need a big, huge office building with helps keep overhead low, right? No, no. Yeah, it does. I probably have an office that's about four times bigger because when we started, the logical engine actually started like 12 years ago and then Estimate Rocket's about seven years old. We thought, oh, we're going to need a big office. We're going to need all kinds of people. And like, still got the big office, but it's yeah, we, just we were fall. in a similar position up until last year. Most of the contractors, contractor freedom is about elevating the lives of contractors so they can live right. their life with greater freedom and purpose. And so we talk about time, money, and freedom quite a bit. And one of the ways to freedom, the money component, and just about, not everybody, but just about right. all the contractors I speak with want to grow their business. And there's this, right. there is this, there's these plateaus and there's this somewhat elusive 5 million mark. And I know you like to talk about that as well. Right. And so obviously on, on the back yeah. end of things, you have access to all kinds of data. Right. How many, how many contractors do you think, or what percentage actually hit that 5 million mark? Uh, it's a pretty small percentage. If I looked at the at our demographics, um, say maybe 10% make that that and above. And it seems like that is actually, that's one of the big magic numbers, I think, because over that, it seems to accelerate. And I think there's a lot of things that happen at that size where you have the revenues to have the amount of people that you need to staff properly. And you're not constantly struggling for who's going to do what, because everybody's already full up with stuff to do. But between there, there's a whole bunch of hurdles. There's the 500,000 hurdle and there's the 
million dollar hurdle and then there's a two million dollar hurdle and, and it is really fascinating how things happen in between those hurdles it's, you're you're knocking yourself out you hit the hurdle everything's cool for a while but you're not going anywhere and then all of a sudden you hustle and you get the next hurdle and it's it's quite a ride which gets back to you also have to try to keep you have to love what you do and i think you brought that up in terms of your own even as the leader you have to be enjoying something about what you're doing or you're not going to be productive. When I've gone through that, those phases where why am I not getting anything done right now? And it's usually because I'm just not having, and again, we all know fun. when we say having fun, it doesn't mean that this is a party. It means that you're enjoying the people you're working with and the things that you're doing and what you're creating. And yeah, there's hassles and headaches, but as long as there's enough of the good stuff rolled in there, it really does make it worthwhile. It makes you want to get up in the morning and go so, do your thing. You know, I just spoke with a contractor the other day. He's at the 500,000 level. And he said, Jason, this yeah. is, he said, this is the company I prayed for, but I can't keep up. He was right. like, I'm in contractor prison. And I just know in my own experience, yeah. and then I see what I've done. I see the old me and the struggles that I went through growth in all of these other guys and, and guys and gals. And we have to see things different. We have to think different. Mm-hmm. And those at those different levels, if you're doing under under a million, you're or at least half a million or less, you're thinking about how to deliver the widget, how to make that widget, right? right. What have you seen yeah. in in the contractors that you guys work with? The differences in mindset or leadership, even. Yeah, I think there's two big things that that stick out. One is delegating, and that's hard at every level as well, because when you think you're a good delegator, you're not yet, <laughs> and that happens over and over again, right? Where there's certain things you get to that comfort level with delegating and then you got to build up again to get that delegation and i think and i'm not i'm a late delegator not an early delegator which it's a handicap it really can slow down your growth and learning to do that <laughs> yeah we all do it's, it's almost impossible to avoid but it does help having resources like yourself that people can talk to and share because a lot of it is story sharing and honest story sharing not the just the beautiful stuff but the hard stuff too that gets people to realize wow everybody's been through this. We're all suffering these same things, all experiencing these same things. This is not unique. This is something we all go through. That, but we, that's but there's really this time important. when we feel like we're all alone. Now, a lot of, the, once yeah. you get connected and your eyes are just open, you're like, oh man, right. wow, there's other people just like me everywhere. And how that guy or that gal over right. there, they broke through it. What did yeah. they do? Wow. Something new is possible. Right. It just, right. it opens, it opens up your mind and to see the way that things structure. Yeah. And, and even, I think no matter what level you're at, there's these glass ceilings, these beliefs I even mm-hmm. find in myself I'm drawn to do certain things and I have to remind myself, no, Jason, you need to be delegating this because you've got someone else on your team that can do this. And, and sometimes right. I'm like, I'm the only one that can do this. Maybe that other person can learn, but there's all these little, these yeah. little default thoughts that we have, or even you could even say lies that we believe that really are the, are we yeah, really truly sure. are the lid. I firmly believe in John Maxwell's law of the lid. We are the limiting factor on our business. So no question. how about these guys that, are there's a lot of guys at that million dollar revenue annual revenue right there And to yep. get to that next hump, which is there's at least one more hump between one and five, at least one, if not two. Oh, for sure. So least, what yeah. things do you think the guy's running a successful $1 million operation, what do you think he needs to do to get mm-hmm. to that $2.5, $5 million range? Needs to make sure, which is the second part of the 
comes after delegation or maybe probably before delegation, but it's it's systems. It's standard operating procedures for things. If you don't have them, and that's one of the big barriers to the reason there's no one else that can do it except me is because I haven't told anyone else how to do it. It's that simple. And those, and, and I think everybody gets afraid of that standard operating procedure or systems. It's really just outlining a set of steps to accomplish a task. That's all it is. And putting a heading on it. So when somebody needs to do something, they go, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay. We overcomplicate. This is how we, we think do we've that. got to write a book. And it's true. And it's like you need 20% to exactly. get 80% one of the, compliance. One of the most powerful things that I learned on that subject is that a checklist is to help you not forget the most obvious things. It's not to teach you how to do the job. Right. It's to help you not forget the most obvious things. Right. And that was empowering to me that I could take most of our processes and just boil them down to one page and just start there. That may not be your complete right. training program, but you can right. take a guy and say, hey, for instance, look, I know you know how to paint right. or I know you how to do X, Y, Z. These are the steps, specific steps at our company. Here's how we do it. And not right. at least, and I think there's, I think there's yeah, a benefit I, to that too, is that one, you can improve that list, but two, which I think is possibly mm-hmm. even more powerful is you have a team of people that are accustomed to following a process. And one of the most difficult right. things is to take people that have had to figure it out and do it because they're, they're hardworking people. They want to do the right thing but they end up what Mm -hmm. we call freelancing because we don't have a way to do it. So they Mm -hmm. have to just do their best, but to get those people to change their ingrained habits to follow a process is tremendously difficult. Mm -hmm. And so what I teach contractors is guys start with something. If it's five bullet points or check boxes, and if it's terrible, Mm -hmm. at least you're going to have that new person following a process. And if you add that sixth item, seventh item, they're going to be used to consulting the checklist. Yeah, that's um, huge. Does Estimate Rocket help with some of that? Actually, it helps with a lot of it. It helps with the general project and workflow from beginning into end. And we do actually, probably in the last year, we introduced a to-do feature where you can map out your to-do list. Now, it's not necessarily a replacement for a process sheet or something that goes in the work order that is that list of, like you said, bullet points. It doesn't necessarily have to be something you check off. It needs to be something you reference to say, okay, yep, here's what we're about to close out. What do we need to do? Oh yeah, we got to go make sure we talk to Mrs. Jones and tell her what we did and when we'll be back or those kinds of things. Absolutely what does this helps to do feature? a lot. How does, what, is it for, for instance, hey, I've got to come it's, back to, I've got to go pick up a, some touch-up paint at the store and deliver to her on Monday? Is it that? Yeah, and you can notify a per, you can notify your, if you've got someone who orders the materials or the office manager or someone who does that stuff, you can notify them in a message and say, hey, I'm going to need this many more materials. And then in the to-do, it'll pop if you, as you set up the to-do, it'll also pop up on your dashboard that, hey, this so that, that's a great feature. It. One of the things that that I feel like my, my company has struggled with, and again, just about everybody, let's say you, you quote, wrap up a job and you get that final payment, but mm-hmm. there's this little hanging detail, right. for instance, proverbially just talking right. about the that quart of touch-up paint or whatever it is, right. those tiny details are out of sight, out of mind. And now you take someone who was a huge mm-hmm. promoter of your company and you ignore them and you let them down and right. now they become a dissatisfied detractor yeah. telling a story. And mm-hmm. right. We have a term at our company and we say is the sale final. 
And what that means is the sale mm -hmm. is final when all promises are delivered in both directions. That means the customer has paid us every penny mm -hmm. they promised and we have delivered every promise to right. them. So that way, if we've got to go back, yeah. the sale is not final. Yeah, they don't owe a penny. They already paid, but the sale is not final. And so right. I think that's great that you've got a feature in there right. to help even the most well-intentioned person. If you don't sure. have a system to make sure that those things get done, you're going to end up with, they're not yeah. going to get done. They're not going to. just not. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we love the follow-ups, the automated follow-ups, because there's even an auto automated follow-up for when the project's yes. complete. Okay, thinking about the name of the software is Estimate Rocket. So an outsider is going to think, oh, this helps me create estimates. But obviously, right. Estimate Rocket is so much more than that. And again, you're saying from lead to pay. Yeah. So definitely, what are the major components yeah. of the software? Sure. So from incoming lead, inbound lead comes to us. We don't get you the leads, but we've got the facility for tracking it from lead all the way through the project. That'll initiate a campaign to to get to schedule an appointment if you haven't already made an appointment. It'll track the appointments on the calendar for you, for your sales team, by person, uh, by who you assign that particular project to or that step of the project to. It'll schedule, you schedule the appointment for the estimate. The estimator goes on site or does it remotely, however you want to do that. They build that. They send it out. It sets up a follow-up to follow up with the customer and to remind you that you need to follow up on this till you close the deal. Close the deal, it moves into the work order phase. So at that point, you can create a deposit invoice. If you get deposit invoices, you um, are following up with the customer at that point to schedule an appointment to actually do the work. So remind you to do that and follows up. you follow up with that. Schedule the appointment. You can schedule your crews out. You can create the to-dos that you need for this project. So those are all set to go. And then follow follows through all the way through to completion. And, and that includes job costing along the way. So you can be tracking your hours and you can be tracking your costs with the job. We're very big on my accounting background leads me to everything being very tight from an accounting standpoint as well. So you've got pre, your estimates are costed. So you know what the potential profit is for it. And then when you after you've job costed, you can see the difference between what you estimated your performance and your job was going to be and what your actual results were. And there's people who are assigned accountability all the way along throughout the project. We know who estimated it. We know who owns the project. We know who worked the project and completed it, the crew, whatever, either the crew or the supervisor. And then we know who did the invoice and closed the project out. So, so it really keeps track all the way really through. Really like a, a complete CRM. Yeah, it's a complete so CRM I, I and project the, management system. the fact system. that the job costing is built in. At my company, our, our project mm -hmm. managers are incentivized on a per project basis for hitting budget. And yeah, having a system absolutely. that helps you do that is it makes life a whole lot easier. Yeah. And I, I know so many people... Yeah. They're not using any system at all. And how you, that's not scalable. Right. They're working hard. Hard work no. is not scalable. <laughs> you hit a ceiling real quick. Talking about yeah. numbers, I teach the guys and gals, there's <laughs> that everybody says, know your numbers. We all say that. We hear it constantly. Mm -hmm. It's beaten into us. But to me, there's three types of numbers. There's your profit formula, yeah. which are target allocation percentages. And then there's your funnel metrics, like mm -hmm. your efficiencies in your appointment set rate, your closing rate and all your funnel metrics. And then there's these, what I right. call them, buckets. Okay. And a classic bucket yeah. would be a backlog, the amount of work that you have contracted, but you haven't started yeah. or scheduled mm -hmm. maybe depending on how you've 
measure that. Yeah. And right. having a health a healthy backlog is a key. Sometimes mm-hmm. if your backlog is way too high, then you're going to be constantly mm-hmm. taking calls and begging people not to cancel <laughs> and d- dealing with dissatisfaction. Right. And right. if your backlog is too slow, you're not going to be able to fill each day with, or too low, fill each day with work for your crew, right? It's, it's a buffer zone. Sure. What do you guys see from your end as best practices on, because there's hiring decisions that need to be made based on that. Sure. Data. Yeah. Yeah. That's my first and backlog is definitely one of my big, big hot spot, hot buttons, because especially as you're growing and especially when you're in the early stages back to me, backlog. And I think back to when I first started my business eons ago. And backlog was what gave me the comfort to hire people. I mean, when I knew, hey, I got this much work going. I know this much is in the queue. I got to hire someone now. And I can because I know I've got the work to take to satisfy them. In fact, if I hire someone, I'll be able to get some of the work that I've scheduled out farther done sooner. And then as I continue to build, I will be able to hire even another team member as I need them. It really, to me, makes the world go around. The balancing act is what's the right size of backlog and that's a that is a difficult thing because it's going to fluctuate we have i've run the gamut in the backlog <laughs> now gr- granted some of the companies that are in the far <laughs> north states with extreme winters you know they're they're booking months and months out right. so their backlog looks totally different than our seasonality right. here in dallas in dallas sure. we have we have some cold weather in yeah. january and february and, and exteriors are definitely slower during that time but we lose very few days a year where we can't paint but we have yeah. a, this seasonal what we really want is we want to turn every job from contract to final in 30 days during the slow mm-hmm. season and during the busy yeah. season 45 days for us that's what we, that's just our turn time yeah. we measure backlog on our end for all projects that aren't scheduled now, but we only schedule seven days into the future. And that's probably unique. We only Ooh, put okay. seven days out yep. on the calendar. So anything beyond that or that's not scheduled, we can we consider that backlog. And we generally okay. want that number to be two to four weeks of production for us. Once we go beyond right. that, yeah. then we start dealing with a lot of dissatisfaction. And of course, when it starts dipping down mm-hmm. lower, we've got a lot of work or we've got work, but that doesn't mean that work's ready to get on the schedule. Now the client's waiting on the carpet or the, this right. or the, that, or there's some reason why they can't get it. So there's this optimal amount sure. for us. And I know that's a real struggle for contractors, but one of the things that, that really helps mm-hmm. us is knowing on an annual basis, what does our seasonal curve look like? And we can say, Hey, we're expecting yeah. we're expecting leads to come in at this time and then shortly following that sales are going to increase yeah. we're going to begin ramping up production but even as we ramp up production that backlog is yeah. going to grow faster than we can onboard people and it's there's some science and there's some art but putting the data to it really helps us <laughs> yeah. so th- does estimate rocket help report on your backlog and the aging of it absolutely helps on your backlog and the aging of it you can get both a scheduled backlog which in your case would be 7 days. You might want, then we have a, an accepted backlog. So it's accepted, but not scheduled. That really is a relatively big bucket. So that that's whatever is left that isn't yet scheduled. So it's difficult without putting a date on it to, to be able to give it a, an aging 30, 60, 90 day type thing, which we do for open estimates. We do for open invoices. Gosh, I'm thinking now, do we do that for open work orders? And if we don't, I think we will be doing that. We, there's other backlogs really that, that we measure at our company too. For instance, how many appointments are on the schedule in the future? And we actually, yep. 
Sure. We also measure separately how many of those appointments are scheduled further than five calendar days into the future, because we know that those are okay. going to have a higher cancellation rate. And it's, a lot of times that cancellation yeah. rate is the last minute. Oh, crud. I've got a, I just got a reminder. Phillips is coming in an hour. I don't need them anymore. So then we right. end up with a hole on our schedule that we don't fill. Yeah. And even so we found that our conversion rate on those appointments is starts dramatically dropping off the longer. So we okay. measure speed hmm. to appointment. We measure speed to lead. That's how that's our first contact, yeah. then speed to appointment. And so anyway, so we like to measure those buckets. And I love that your system helps facilitate during the backlog. Yeah, we have, I don't have enough time in the day to do all the reports that we have data to back up. <laughs> nice. Let's put it that way. Very nice. Hey, by the way, there's this thing you talk about called the content offer. Yeah. What is that? We've done a couple things that we've produced just to, because we like to produce things that'll help people. One of them is the, we created, I created this what if spreadsheet that is really a simple tool to plug in a handful of numbers and what your actual current numbers are. And then what your what if numbers are and see instantly what the impact is. Simple example is I got two people right now or one and a half people right now. And if, if I had three, what would my revenue potential be at my current billing rate and et cetera, et cetera. There's probably seven or eight variables that it has, but it really makes it quick to see this is the impact of you adding one person. This is the impact of you adding four people on, on again, your revenue potential. And then it does take it does and your gross profit potential. It'll, it looks at what's your average hourly average labor cost per hour versus your average charge rate, what's your average material cost, and it'll bring you down to a gross profit number. Is, is really that like quickly. a downloadable and, uh, resource kind of or how would listeners get access? To, I'd like to include that in the in the podcast episode description. I can always get it. I can always get it from you later. Sure. I'd love to include that. There's it's it's actually literally just what if download as one word. Smarocket.com okay. slash what if download, but I'll shoot you, I'll shoot yeah, it up in email. Bet, I bet they'll find that very helpful. I'll have to check it out. It's fun. It is a Google sheet. It's a Google sheet and it, and the link brings it to you in template mode. So it up at the top, it says use template. And once you do that, it becomes a Google sheet make, in your drive and it's yeah. all yours. I have. Yeah. That, I yeah. Guess I've been running so. these what if scenarios forever. And I love the power of seeing incremental, what incremental improvements can do. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, some little seemingly little changes like like adding a buck to your charge rate, your billing rate. Once you've got a group of a, a bigger crew, that can be Absolutely. very Especially material about the bottom line, right? Yeah. Regarding Estimate Rocket in particular, what would you say sure. is a, a treasure in there that you feel you wish more people knew how awesome this feature was? Yeah, the built-in estimating templates that are that you can of course adjust to your needs. I think are the greatest things since sliced bread, but then we created them. So I would think that, but it just, it makes it, and you got it. It's again, this is a delegation thing. At some point as you're growing and you want a new estimator, you need to take, you need to delegate that estimating to a person, another person. And if you don't have a system for it, you can't do that. You, you can't dis disseminate your 10 years or 20 years of estimating experience in any short period of time. And these templates give you the ability to encapsulate your production rates and easily have a almost checklist-like form for them to measure and count and come up with a meaningful 
uh, Gosh, that is that's so probably the biggest important. for the longest time. We didn't have a, we didn't have a good system for the longest time. And yeah. it was, I yeah. could train my first level guys how to do it, but the moment I wasn't doing the training anymore yeah. and, and someone else was doing it, it quickly diluted and it, it made all the difference in the world right. when I said, okay, I just need my guys to be able to measure and count and fill in the blanks. That's all I want them to do. Measure, right. count and fill in the blanks and spend their time yeah. uncovering yeah. customer needs and wants and developing the, the rapport expertise and not spending a lot of time trying yeah. to figure out what's yeah. the number, m making it easy. Right. Absolutely. It's the observation that's really the empower the thing that they need to spend their time on is observing. And as you said, making a relationship with the potential customer, because those are the things that they do need to capture some stuff that's beyond measuring and counting for sure. So I, I know that one of the one of the toughest things to do at a company, no matter the size, is to get on board with a new platform, software, program, whatever. And a lot of small yeah. business owners are not very techie and what does that look like with Estimate Rocket? Let's just say someone says, man, I want to try Estimate Rocket. Is that a daunting task what? or can it be made easy? It can be made easy. I shouldn't say that. You have to put in the work like anything else, any skill you've ever built, you have to put in the work. We can make it as easy as it can be for you and have some steps to do it, but you got, you do have to invest the time. It's not because you have to trust it. So if you don't put in the time and I mean, my first, the first thing we most usually tell people is take an estimate that you're really proud of, that you've done fairly recently, that worked properly for you and plug that into Estimate Rocket and see what you get. And nine times out of 10, they're within a couple hundred dollars of what their proposal was. And it tells them how many hours, it's the estimated hours, it tells them the estimated materials. And that's the aha moment, but you got to do that. And you got to do that when you're not at a customer's site exactly. for the first time. To, so that's probably the biggest, that's our biggest hurdle is to get people to say, okay, I'm going to dedicate a couple hours. Somebody sent in a, a reference to us the other day that said, for every hour I invest in Estimate Rocket, I get four hours back. And I was like, I could not oh, have heard cool. anything better than that. As hey, a, by uh, the way. I always thought that Estimate Rocket was for painting only till I met some friends that are customers yeah. that they're, oh, no, we do gutters and roofing in yeah. there. It's yeah. okay. There's quite a few trades. So that's actually. good to know. Guys, if you're listening yeah. and you do roofing. more, Estimate Rocket yeah. can handle more than just painting. There's this age old, yeah. Tom, there's this age old conflict, tension. We call it, sometimes we call it a tension to manage, not a problem to solve between <laughs> sales and production. One guy does the estimate or the proposal mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sells it and then production gets it. And they're like, well, Mr. Customer, they didn't tell us this was included or they didn't set that expectation. And there's this friction there. Right. And we call that the we call that the handoff mm -hmm. at our company, the handoff. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, does your platform have anything to help communicate some clarity from the sales department to the production department? Yeah, there's a variety of ways to do that. One is every line item in a project has both customer facing text and information and internal information. So when the estimators out there are working on their estimate, they can document what they saw or things that were oddball or things that the crew may need to know about when they get out there or things to watch out for. You're also getting, you're coming out with an estimated amount. If you're using the estimating system and you come out with an, a costed estimate, 
at a certain gross profit and you're the you're using the hours calculation so it's saying hey based on your production rates it's gonna this is what we're estimating the hours to be this is what we're estimating the materials to be and then your job costing then we have a report where you can see who the estimator was or who the project owner was and you can see who the crew was and you can have them come in and for a meeting and you can look at all the details in the project right in one place and see and start asking questions at the end of the day it's going to boil down to asking some questions and maybe working through those procedures so that the estimator is making more documentation or the crew has better instructions because in the work orders, you can also detail out things in the work orders by line item in terms of procedures and things you'd want them to do, ways you want them to do things, especially if it's some complex process or you're using some special product that requires uh, different handling than a normal latex uh, coding would require. So there's a variety of ways to that, but the best thing is the profitability report that you can get at once you've completed the project and job costed it shows you what you estimated hours, actual hours, estimated dollars, actual dollars, estimated cost, actual costs, and the variances. So it makes it really easy to sort that and say, oh, look at all these red ones. Those are ones where we didn't make and, them that what we happened. predicted we were going to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can have a good, and it can be a good, healthy conversation because some, as you just, the way you describe this problem is the problem. Like people aren't communicating what the estimator may not be communicating what they observed. And then the crew gets out there and they end up spending a bunch of extra time because the estimator didn't write down, hey, you need to do it in this order on this project or some, just some information that was germane to this some nuance about this project so that communications i think is key we have note taking that goes along through the whole project so everybody you do something you can leave a note about what you did both crew Wonderful. and internal so there's lots of ways on, you know, on the sales side of it does the system su support digital signatures in the home do you sign on the oh, screen sure. is yeah. that how it works or do you okay yeah right on the screen so what you what we have a customer portal so what happens is the estimator will do his thing completely the estimate and then bring them to the customer portal pull up the customer portal screen which just has obviously the customer facing information and hand their tablet over to the customer and the customer can bring so it up so review it's it easy to sign purchase. Spot. easy to purchase what Tom, yeah, what about I've, a lot of companies these days are using company cam is there a photo sure. or a feature or an integration with apps like that how do you guys handle that yeah we actually have a we actually have our own built-in full photo capabilities doesn't quite company cam definitely does some things we don't and we have a very probably one of the best company cam integrations out there where when you turn on the company cam integration, when you click on the upload a photo, it loads company cam. So you're actually taking them through company cam and so we're then syncing them into native, our product. So you've got and, and they're still in company cam. Okay, as that's well. pretty awesome. Yeah. Another standard yeah. and and I don't know the answer to this, that's why I'm asking. We our guys present a payment <laughs> option with every proposal. And does Estimate Rocket okay. have the ability to automatically calculate, say a low interest payment based on a 9.99% rate on 84 months or something like that? Not currently, but we're about, we're very shortly going to be releasing an integration to a firm so they could present that as a payment option when Wonderful. they, when they present okay, this. That one. is super cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that again, is integrated into the, how do you want to pay credit card, ACH or so a firm. Right there. I know there's quite a bit of contractors yeah. that are using Estimate Rocket. And, and again, <laughs> I mean, didn't have you here necessarily say, Hey, this is an Estimate rocket podcast i wanted to talk to tom but i couldn't sure i i, I couldn't help but sure. asking you uh, ask you about the about the software because i know you've i know you've built the software to solve problems yeah. for contractors right and right Absolutely. tom is what did what did we not talk about that we should have talked about today 
Boy, we covered a lot of ground today, Jason. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I mean, we could probably go on all afternoon. But <laughs> I would say, I, a pretty I would good say job so. on we, co- it. we covered a lot of ground. What is, what's the, if someone wants to connect with you or with Estimate Rocket, what's the best way sure. to get in contact with you guys? The best way is you can email me at tom at estimaterocket.com. If you want to chat with one of our awesome people or call, you can call 978-379-7979. Tom, man, I, this has been valuable, and I want to thank you for just coming on today and sharing sharing your your knowledge, your wisdom, your expertise with us. And I wish you the best. Well, it's absolutely a pleasure, and I really appreciate being here. Love when we get a chance to talk about uh, challenges and things people are facing because contractors. Huge. Thanks for tuning in yep. today, and I, I hope you've gotten some nuggets from this episode. Let's go out there, go get it. Hey, contractors, I want to invite you to connect. If you want to get connected with the Contractor Freedom community, simply point your browser to contractorfreedom.live. That's contractorfreedom.live. On there, you'll find the link to our Facebook private group, our page, our newsletter. You'll find a a link to our podcast. So I just want to invite you to, to come on over, join the community. I look forward to getting to know you more. Thanks for listening in today. Ball.